Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, we recap the Milwaukee Bucks winning their first NBA championship since 1971. We'll talk about where Giannis ranks among the NBA's best players and what a championship means for his future. We'll also talk about Chris Paul and what's next in his future after he and the Phoenix Suns once again failed to get a ring. We'll also discuss Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics and the criticism Tatum has received this offseason even after establishing himself as one of the top players in the league this past season. This is Missing the Point. Episode 74, but it's all relative. Hello, and welcome to Missing the Point. I am your host, DK Sizzle, joined by what we affectionately call ourselves the basketball crew. I think I think this might be the first time that it's just been the three of us, because usually we have one of our resident hosts, Joe or Mike. But when we started this podcast, everyone had to be locked inside and didn't have any lives. And now we all have shit to do. So we're trying to make it work. I'm going to be a poor imitation of the Joe and Mike host extraordinaire. And I'm going to try and talk to these two basketball experts about what the hell just went down over the last few weeks? We talk all the time in our little Discord chat about this and that, but I don't think we've really had a chance to do a deep dive on the uh, on the six-game-long finals that just occurred. I know for me personally, I was cheering for the Suns. They were a West team. You know, I don't like to see anybody coming out of the East win that is in the Celtics. I wanted to see Chris Paul win a championship because, like, that would have been a nice story. And, you know, I didn't have that much of a horse in the race, but like I would have liked to see the Suns win, especially because I was kind of cheering for the Nets and the Bucks knocked them out. So, Ray, I'll start with you. Giannis is a champion now. All Everybody's talking left, right, and center about how awesome it is that he's kind of built this team up from the ground up with, with guys that were selected 23rd and 35th and all these different like low draft picks. Trust the process as long as it's not in Philadelphia. What do you think? I mean, other than the hilarious viral videos of him ordering 50 chicken McNuggets at the Chick-fil-A and like basically just having the absolute time of his life, which is hard to hate, I have to say. What do you think? Is you know, Where does Giannis rank for you now in, the current, in today's current NBA? Is he a top 10 player? Is he a top five player? Is he a top three player? Where is he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was already top 10. I mean, when you're a five-time All-Star, you know, two-time MVP, you know, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, most improved player, you know, you're already top 10, right? I think we're just reaching to a point that he's going to become the face. He's not there yet because as long as LeBron's in the league, he's still going to be the face. But we're, we're working towards a point that, you know, David Stern wanted for the game, and that's to go global, right? So the last three MVPs have been Giannis or Jokic. So, you know, whether it's so Serbia, and then not so, I don't know if he's so Serbia or not. I, I'm maybe saying that wrong. but He's from one of the B's. Yeah, well, yeah, one of the yeah, so one of those Baltic countries. Yeah, yeah, one 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 of one of those areas, right? So that that's what that's where the game is going. The game is become becoming more global, and yeah, he's definitely into the top five conversation. I was skeptic of him in his playoffs. I know you had your concerns about him as well. I was wrong, but yeah, I mean, we, we both were. A lot of people were wrong. I just I thought his inability to hit free throws would be the 
you know, would be the downfall. Turns out that he shut everyone up, myself included. That was just a masterful performance from the line. Forget about the rest of that line, but ju- just from that alone, from the free throw line, it was phenomenal. So, you know, to answer your question without going too too far, because I've already been talking forever, he's he definitely has gotten into the, my top five for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Those free throws were absolutely abysmal. I really thought they were going to be his undoing, despite the crowd not really being able to count to 10 these days when they shout for him. But they're like, one, two, three, four, five. It's like, okay, guys, relax. You got to do Mississippi. But Bobby, what do you think? Where does he rank for you? Like, what did anything, did any, did, what, is he still in the same spot? Was he raised? Is he a top five player in the NBA for you like he is for Ray? Yeah, I mean, you got to raise him now. You know, you think about the way the NBA is and the NBA is the most reactionary league I've ever seen where it's like, as soon as something happens, that person is all of a sudden to the top, like Kawhi, LeBron and Bede, all these guys have been said to be the top player in the NBA in the last 12 months. So going by that logic to me, I think he is the guy right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just the way the NBA works is like whatever happens right now, that's who the face of the league is. And I really do think Giannis and those free throws, man, that was the most unbelievable thing to me. Like this dude, that's the crutch of his game is those free throws. So that's what the, the goal was. Get Giannis to the free throw line. I think Paul said it before games five. He's like, we need to get Giannis to the free throw line. We need to get those offense. We need to get those rebounds off of his free throws. That was like his big thing that they needed to work on. Little did he know Giannis was going to come up and knock down. What was it? 16 of 18 from the line. That's unbelievable for Giannis. This dude's a 50% free throw shooter. This would be like Shaq coming up to the line in game six of the finals and knocking down 95% of his free throws. I think Shaq's career free throw shooting might actually be a little higher. That's what I mean. Like it's, it's just, it's just mind boggling what he did like to step up like that drop 50 the way he dropped it is just unbelievable to me. He's the guy right now. He's Let's the guy. talk about that. Let's talk about that 50-point game six performance, actually, because it feels like we're all kind of champing at the bit to get to that, because I think the way I was looking at the book's run, and I still kind of am looking at it this way, and like I'm going to take this contrarian point a little bit later to like argue through it, just for content purposes, but also I do kind of believe it. That game six really was like undeniable, you know? And I think that like, you know, Ray said it almost immediately, like when he hit like 41 or something, Ray was like, this is an all-timer. And, you know, he gets to 50, and you sort of, th- like, I, it, it sort of diminished in my head. Tell me if you guys agree with this, but it's sort of diminished in my head by the fact that, like, everybody seems to be dropping 40, 50, 60 points these days in today's NBA. But it's a win, you know, it's a win and you win the championship. It's a ch- it's championship on the line game. To drop 50 in the manner that he did, like you said, Bobby, and then to do it accompanied by his best free throw shooting performance of all time. I mean, I, he still has a garbage form. His free throws, his throws take forever <laughs> and it's annoying as shit when you're watching it. looks it. like Jermaine O'Neal up there. Yeah, it's bro. bad. It's bad. But it, I mean, there's 16 of them went in. So like, whatever. <laughs> Just to continue with the theme of ranking stuff, like in the past few years, can you think of a better championship game from a, an individual player? Only one and they lost. And that's LeBron in the 2016 game one of the finals. He, he put that team on his back and I've never seen a, a game like that except for another LeBron game, but it doesn't matter. So it's, yes, LeBron and Giannis to me are are the top. Are we saying that he's in the LeBron conversation now? I don't know. That performance though. So, so what amazed me the most is like, you're right. People do drop 50 on the rag. Now. The thing is, is he did it in an old school way that you just, you don't see it anymore. You know what I mean? Like he, like I remember seeing him shoot a three and I was like, what are you doing? Giannis? Like you got to get to the hole, man. Like they can't stop you. 
at the rim. And that to me was what was so amazing about it. Is what was he from three? Like two of something? Like he didn't have very many threes in there. He didn't game. take a lot of them, no. Yeah. So like I, I just think it's unbelievable to me the way that he was able to drop fifty, just dominating like it, it almost reminded me of like Hakeem back in the day. That's what that game looked like. That's what he reminded me of is Hakeem. He was he was playing on the short he was playing on the short post like that really well. And they really didn't have anyone that could guard him. And I think they realized that. Like I think the Bucks realized that in like game three and a half. After game you know, like three, half, yeah. yeah halfway yep. through game three they were like, what are we doing? Because the Bucks have been so dumb coaching wise, right? Like they've made some crazy choices during this run. And it's like they've gotten kind of lucky with some of the tactics they've employed, but finally, after everybody was begging them to just play simple, play the way that you know how to win, just put Giannis down low. You have no, there's no answer. There's no answer for him on the Suns. Ray, where does that performance rank for you? That game six performance rank for you in, in your lifetime? Right. So before I answer that, I, I want to add on to what you just said, right? So like, you're absolutely right, DK. Like he realized, yo, they cannot fucking stop me <laughs> from 10 feet in. Like, it's just, it's like, yo, it's, it's like, yo, they can't stop me. So I'm like, why am I going to, why am I going to bail the defense out and shoot for 15, 18 feet, 20 feet, 25 feet? Like save that shit for the all-star game. Save it for if you're doing like a horse competition in the off season, that's fine. But when the games matter, make sure that you do what got you to the dance. And then, so you're able to give your best when your best is needed. And that's what he did. Right. So far as performance, I mean, this is totally overreactionary, but I have to go with top five. Like I said, in a closeout game, once again, we have seen other 40 and 50 point performances. Like we've seen it from Jordan. We've seen it from LeBron. Hell, Donovan Mitchell last year in the bubble had 57 in game one. Like that's insane. Um, But 57 in the loss. Right. But I mean, this is up there. I mean, for a game that you needed it now, granted, it wasn't it was elimination for Phoenix. Like, granted, they, you know, game seven would have been, you know, the end all be all for both teams. But in a closeout game, you know, Chris Paul's talking trash about how. You know, I think Bobby just alluded to this, but saying like, oh, like, you know, he anticipates, we anticipate a miss. He anticipates a miss. Well, you know, he he clearly heard you and he clearly said, okay, enough's enough. We're not going back to Phoenix unless I'm going on vacation. And that's what he, that's what he decided to do. But yeah, I I, I got to go with top five. It's definitely a top five all time. Especially for, for, it's not a top five, maybe performance in the playoffs, but for actual closeout game, it's got to be top five. Like that, it was, it was just, it was a special from beginning to end. 33 in the second half, unreal. Well, I mean, you think about it. So he really, so you think about the games that, that could compete with that, right? You think about Jordan in 93 against the Suns, where he dropped 55. You think about um, LeBron, like I said, 51, game one at 18. And then Giannis has to be right there. Like, I honestly can't think of very many performances that could top it. Maybe Curry a couple of times in, in like 2019, I think he had a couple good ones. But like, it, it, it really is one of those performances, like when you were watching it, that you knew it was a historic performance. Like you were watching yeah. history being made. And this is when, when everyone thinks of Giannis, this is the one you're going to think of. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I definitely have to go into the rabbit hole. And I know we're probably only 10 minutes in. This is, and this is where, you know, since we are a New England podcast, I have to bring up the Celtics performance. None of us were around for it. So, you know, you know, maybe just Mike. No, I'm kidding. I know he's, he's the oldest of the group, but. <laughs> I think I'm the oldest. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, you're right, you are the oldest. Right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I just want to take a stab at Mike. Love, love you, big guy. But uh, <laughs> no, so Tom, our you know our great Tommy Heisen, rest in peace. Tommy Heisen had 37 and 23 his rookie year, Game Seven in the Finals. 1957. What a team with Bill Russell. What a team with Kuzi. It was Heisen who won the and won the MVP 
um, of the finals. He had 37 and 23. So that's a hell of a performance too in a closeout game with all the marbles on the line. So just, you know, just to give us all the credit, I, I don't no, know. I mean, I was actually going to do the exact same thing because, but that is a good one. It's been 10 minutes. The Celtics have to be mentioned within. Yeah, I mean, we're here now. It's just a requirement. I was going to do the exact same thing. I was going to shout out KG's performance in the go-home game, game six and 08. I think he had 14 rebounds, like 28 points or something, but he was like completely dominant in that game and like completely untouchable. We had a team forward approach in 08, obviously, and like everybody contributed in that game. Every Everybody had a good game. I was actually obviously very excited that night and I was underage, but I was drinking. Oh, oh dear. And I got really drunk and started yelling about how Kevin Garnett should have been the finals MVP. And we just gave it to Paul Pierce out of like nostalgia, which I do actually sort of think is true because Kevin Garnett was like fucking unbelievable in that Lakers series, especially in that game six. He was like, yeah, 14 rebounds. I mean, that's really good, but 28 points or whatever it was. I don't know the exact numbers. I know he had 14 rebounds good on the stat line but like on the eye test if you watch that series back like kevin garnett is like absolutely out of his fucking mind and he's like ready to win us a championship and like in that go home game like he was done he was like well, this is it we're doing it now <laughs> that, that game was over it. that game was over at halftime you know yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. oh yeah no we <laughs> were as soon as he, was... he got the end one it was over didn't we score 140 in that game it was like 140 to 90 something right 146 to 90 no, one one thirty one ninety two. I'll never forget. It was one thirty one ninety two. He's right. Yeah, yeah. never forget it. Yeah, we dominated them. Like their ninety two was like. I mean, we were jumping around celebrating at like the start of the fourth quarter. It was over. Like, because yeah. I was a little worried. Anyway, not to go down there. It was like, fuck Giannis, Kevin Garnett. Oh wait. <laughs> um, no, but I mean. It was good. Let's talk for a second about the thing I alluded to briefly at the start of the show, which is Chris Paul. Was anybody else pulling for him in the same way I was? Absolutely. Do you yeah. think? Do you think that, you, you know, the way like, the, it must, I think it must have been, maybe it was game four. It doesn't really matter. But LeBron showed up and he's like, I'm not here for anyone but Chris Paul. And it's like, LeBron always does that corny shit where he's just like, this is my generation. Like, I'm here for this. It's like, dude, the guy has enough pressure on him. Like, please, for the love of God, like stop giving ESPN and like the sideline reporters more material to like pile fucking pressure on Chris Paul. When they go, he had a bad game and I saw some shit. I mean, it's all kind of blending into one because I was also traveling during this. It was all blending into like one game. But there was one interview. They asked Devin Booker. He's like sitting next to Chris Paul. And they're like, are you frustrated for Chris right now? It's like, what are you talking about? Like your, your, your quest, your quest to, to pull. What a to fucking question, together. man. Are you frustrated for Chris right now? It's like, honestly, from where we are and what we do guys, like and what we all went to college for and how we all met, I'm usually so on the side of the media. And like, I really do sometimes feel they get a bad rap because they're like, they're just trying to do their jobs, but fucking hell, like your quest for a narrative in this whole thing is so crazy that, and you got it so wrong. Like the narrative emerged so beautifully, like from a neutral point of view about Giannis, where he came from, interviews with him being like, I just want to be in the NBA, like all like, you know, wh where his teammates got drafted and like the, the low draft picks and like, you know, they built, not bought. And like Giannis is such a nice guy and he bought 50 chicken McNuggets and they missed that narrative by a mile. Now we do that shit all the time. I don't get me wrong, but we, they missed that narrative by a mile. And all I, all I really felt for Chris Paul wasn't so much getting to his first finals and losing, but the manufactured pressure that this guy was under. And like, he, he did battle back from a couple bad games to have like some decent performances, but he's a fucking point guard. Like, what did you want him to do? Like, just take over the NBA finals? Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Ray? 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, manufacturer pressure should should probably be the title of this episode because that's exactly <laughs> what it was, right? I, like I said, I was rooting for him to get it, and I wrote to someone after the Western Conference Finals. I'm like, I, to me, it doesn't matter who they face. I felt like Phoenix was just going to steamroll whoever they played. Yeah, they had a lot of momentum. And, and, and after the first two games, it looked like it. And like I said, I, and I'm not going to lie, I was riding high off that Game 6 performance he had. 41 points. I mean, he looked like the guy that I've been saying he is for a long time. Sure. And he's you know, and I'm, and I'm, like, yeah, yeah. yeah stay healthy. I was, I was like, I'm like, great. I'm like, he's, he's in the finals. He's there, you know, and then, you know, games three or four really is where the series was lost. Like you can't have Devin Booker going for 40 and back-to-back games is phenomenal. But if he even just had 20, they probably win one of those games. And then we have a game seven and who knows what could happen. Right. You know, you play all year to have game seven on your floor and they obviously didn't get to that opportunity, but you know, you know, we talked about dark rivers on here and obviously Chris Paul was a player for dark rivers, but you know, there's no player that's blown more two O leads than Chris Paul. And this is his fourth or fifth one in his career was less, you know, you know, yeah, he could be a front runner clearly, but just doesn't know how to close. And, you know, like that old school movie, you know, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, always be closing. He's, he does, he does not close. Put that yeah. coffee down, yeah. Chris. Yes. Put, put, yeah, put that. yes, dude. <laughs> the, the, the reference of the night right yeah. there. That was a good one, yeah. man. Yeah. He, 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 he does, but, you know, he, he doesn't always close. And, you know, that's the problem. So maybe his name should become Horseshoes as well. So I don't know. It was just rough to see. I felt I felt bad to see, but at the same time, it's like, you got to figure out to get the job done, Chris. And unfortunately, he didn't. But, you know, he, he tried, but, you know, he failed uh, miserably, unfortunately. Bobby, what are your thoughts on the Chris Paul situation? That game four was tough to watch him play, yeah. man. I, I I don't know what happened to him where he, I mean, like you said, maybe it was the LeBron showing up. Maybe it was just that little added extra it's pressure. A combination of things, though. Like, it was a lot of different things were happening. He doesn't have that it, that like, listen, so going into the series, you guys remember, we were, we were talking about, is he the point guard? Can, can you compare him to Isaiah? No, you can't. Because... Isaiah Thomas back in the day, like when he showed up for those games, like you knew he was going to do something because he's Isaiah Thomas, bro. He he was one of the best players ever, especially in those moments that you needed him. Like he led those Piston teams to championships when it mattered. Chris Paul is never going to be that guy. You know what I mean? If Chris Paul, if you are relying on Chris Paul to get your points and, and win you the game, you're in a lot of trouble because that's just not who he is anymore. And that's not who he's been for a long time. I would argue against that a little bit because I just think there's a little bit, there's a little bit of unfairness involved in putting that pressure on him, like even retroactively, because this isn't even the best team Chris Paul's played on. You know what I mean? Like on paper, like that Houston team on paper to me was better offensively, at least. Oh yeah. I mean, James Harden alone, right? James Harden alone. Like what, you know, you can't ask Devin Booker to be that at this point in his career. So when you look at like, it's just like, the style of point guard that Chris Paul is has to be factored into this equation. Like he's not the guy to pull you out of a, a tailspin in a series, like, like the way that it went like everybody got so worked up about the Suns because of like the fun viral stuff that was going on with that guy, like beating the shit out of somebody in the crowd and then being like Suns in four. And then like, he like didn't get brought up on assault because everybody was like, I don't know. It was kind of funny, <laughs> but the other guy threw the first punch. So like, whatever, but he was a, a dirtbag. <laughs> Yeah, knew that. That guy threw the first punch, missed horribly, and <laughs> just got his ass kicked. So, no, what made it okay to go down that rebel hole real quick is if you notice that guy in the Nuggets jersey tried to be like, oh, I'm not going to do Yeah, anything. it was a sucker punch. I'm yeah, just not going to. And it was like, no, you can't. 
and no one's going to stick up for you if you do that. Ever. Honestly, I'll, I'll say this is like a quick PSA. We used to do PSAs all the time in our radio days is a quick PSA to everybody out there. We're all from New England. None of us are like exceptionally good at fighting, but we're all at least from the New England area. So I'm sure we've all had our, our knocks in 2021. Don't get into a fight because you might lose and someone's taping it. I guarantee you someone's mm-hmm. taping it. If you go, if you hear that camera roll, you know what the sound of the camera roll is when a fight breaks off world star. And then you're fucked. If you lose, you're fucked. You're famous for getting your ass kicked. So, and definitely don't do it in an arena because those go viral even faster. So like sons and four guy. Yeah. You might be that guy, but like, don't fly too close to the sun on that one. Anyway, <laughs> you're, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> but no, but no, I wanted to make a point before we move on because Bobby made a comparison, or we, we talked about the comparison on a previous show about Chris Paul and uh, Isaiah Thomas. So, in fairness, yes. So, obviously, Isaiah Thomas ended up winning back to back and they went to three straight finals in a row. Isaiah Thomas had his lumps too, man. Like, they, they lost to Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they lost to Atlanta a couple of times. They lost to. They lost to Boston a couple of times. So, you know, they had to fight through some series in order to get to there. And, you know, they, and, you know, he talked, Isaiah Thomas says it all the time. He said, Boston taught us how to win. He said, he said, they, they whooped our ass on several occasions. So he said, yeah, you damn right. It felt good in 88 for us to finally get by them and get to the NBA finals. And truth be told, if he doesn't get hurt in, in that game six against LA, they probably went three straight. You know, you know, but that, that's a whole nother another show for another day. But yeah, man, so that's the thing. So but yeah, but you're right, Bobby. At the end of the day, he him and the team around him found enough to get the you know, they found a way to get the job done. And you know, like I said, DK, you said it, you're absolutely right. It's not the best team he's had on paper. I just think like I said the, the, the situation was convenient and they were the best of what was left. You know, and, and they found a way to get we're gonna get so. we're gonna get into that for sure. Cause I, I definitely want to make that point. So that leads me to something else though, and it's not not where you want to go, DK, probably. So, is, is this their best chance? This was Paul's best chance to get a championship, oh, yeah, no, it's, right? It's, they're, it's, they're, it's, they're not, they're, they're, right, they're not going back, man. Yeah. Especially not with the team as constituted as it is. Because, listen, Aiton's great, but we, we saw his flaws when it came down to it in that game six. He can't, he's not an offensive guy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have those elite offensive skills yet as a five. I don't even think it was that though. I, I think it was a confidence thing, which is why remember that video and, that and Giannis viral? dominated him, right? Giannis right, dominated. but it, it was Monty Williams saying like, "Yo, like, yo, remember who you are," type thing, and right. that that's yeah. the problem. Like, if you if you have to continue, I'm not well. And granted, you obviously as a coach, you're supposed to uplift players, but if you have to constantly do that in the NBA Finals game, it's one thing. It's one thing. It's one thing in Game 54, the regular season, when it's like, okay, you're going through a back to back, you're tired, something's going on at home. Okay, but in the NBA Finals. Where it's like, and I get it. He was just number one pick a few years ago, so maybe in his mind is like, look, I we got myself, we got Book, we got Mikhail Bridges. You know, we'll we'll be back. That's not guaranteed. It's not no. guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. No. So you 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 have to learn how to seize the moment. Hopefully, they learn from this. Like I said, Book Book is young enough. They're young enough to to figure that part out. But as far as Chris Paul's best chance, but like I said, we might get into this later on. I'm not so sure. It's, 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 it was his best chance because of what he may do in the offseason. But we'll touch on that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good segue to go into this. I will actually say one thing, just I forgot to say it before. Uh, Isaiah Thomas didn't have a fucking seven-foot-tall, lab-grown Greek fucking monster <laughs> staring yeah. him down. <laughs> just from just saying, like, to Chris, just to defend Chris Paul. Slightly. Just a guy named Larry Bird, you know? No, 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 no I'm sure, I'm sure. It's just that, like, it's just that, like, with Larry he Bird. Had an Indiana right? bred monster. Yeah, no, just- totally. But the thing <laughs> is, is, with, like, a Larry Bird or, like, a, like you can... 
there's in your head, there's maybe not in practice, but in your head, there's solutions to him not beating you. Like if Giannis just goes to 10 foot, 10 foot out from the rim, he's going to beat you. There's nothing you can do. Anyway, it's just like unfair. You know, it's like the way that basketball evolves, like this shit happens all the time where you just get a guy coming along. It's like, oh, he's just bigger and stronger than everybody. Like there's nothing anybody can do about it. Before you move on from that too, the evolution of Giannis's game in the last two weeks (laughs) <laughs> what was what was something that like listen coming into this like you didn't expect this kind of explosion from Giannis yes he was amazing but it almost seemed like he refined that offensive game in that last two weeks where like he wasn't taking those 18 foot jumpers anymore he identified what it was going to make him and his team successful and he stuck to it and, and that to me is what really propelled them because like the jump that his game took over the past few weeks was unbelievable. He went from an MVP guy that you couldn't rely on in the playoffs to someone that you couldn't stop. There was nothing that the Suns could have done in game six. Nothing. You heard it here first. Breaking. The real BK, Bob Kelly of the Missing the Point podcast, accuses Giannis Antetokounmpo of performance-enhancing drugs. Two weeks, suspicious. <laughs> suspicious, says Bob Kelly. Suspicious. Right. At best. Is that, is that COVID <laughs> vaccine, bro? No, I mean, (laughs) if that shit could make you run faster and jump higher, we wouldn't be at 50% vaccinated. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I think we have actually gotten to the root of it. And I think it's a thought that was sort of germinating in my head, germinating, germinating in my head over the past few days. I kind of like Giannis. Yeah, germinating, germinate, germinating. Germinating sounds like some German guy like attacked you. (laughs) That she meant permeate. (laughs) Sure, that too. One of the eights. (laughs) it's a thought that has been kind of occurring to me and i think we're kind of you know digging down to the root of it is that like Giannis and not the Suns won the mental battle i think that Giannis went in like a finals mvp he went in like a guy that was determined to win a championship that we've seen before you know that you see almost every year somebody decides i'm not losing lebron james has done it a number of times he tried to do it against the Suns of kd but it was just like not possible you know i've seen the steph curry's of the world do it i've seen the kevin garnett's of the world do it it's like it's what your mentality is when you walk in and i really do think you kind of could if you maybe not at the time but in retrospect hindsight you can see that chris paul was like fuck like i finally made it to an nba finals like this is a lot of pressure and then there was like a stinker of a performance and then like you know that's just gonna get in your head and like you it's not that he's a mental midget, but you have to be a mental giant to do what Giannis sort of did. Like, yes, he's equipped with all the tools. Yes, he has all the athletic ability in the world. But like, we've seen that not be put together a billion times. And, you know, he went in with the right attitude and you like, you absolutely have to respect him. However, leads me to my next point, And there's something I definitely want to talk about. We just touched on. Are we giving credit to two teams that should not have made it to the NBA finals if it weren't for what we, what some basketball experts like Mr. LeBron James himself has called out is kind of a shitty season for the reason that a lot of people got injured because they came back earlier than they initially promised. Players weren't really ready. He said everybody was going to get injured around playoff time. And, and it's not a conversation about LeBron, but it did happen. So now that we have a bunch of injuries being a factor in this, does that take away from Let's start with the Suns. Does it take away from the Suns? Would the Suns have made it there? Would they have made it through, you know, a fully AD healthy Los Angeles Lakers, for instance? And if they didn't, what does that look like for the Bucks? If AD's standing down there, is Giannis able to do the shit that he was able to do? Or is he shooting 10, 10 three-point shots because he doesn't know what else to do? Ray, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a healthy AD changes it. And honestly, I'm trying to, I'm trying to practice and not 
practicing in hypotheticals because I know we say if this, if this that. is literally all we do, right? <laughs> the show would be two minutes no, no. long. <laughs> no, no, I, I know, but it's, it's just like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm speaking to what actually happened. So I was like, yeah, okay. AD got hurt. Okay. But I'm like, AD is not someone that's made it through seasons before. So it, to me, I'm like, that's not a thing. Kyrie Irving, as much as, you know, Kyrie or someone has gotten hurt. We know as Celtics fans, he did not play in a season where they had a regular offseason. So shit happens. Injuries happens. So it's just like, okay, like Phoenix was the number two seed. It was like they were the eighth seed and they made this run, like the 99 I kept Knicks. having to remind myself of that. I was like, wait, I was like, wait, why are they not in Milwaukee? Oh shit. Like Phoenix had a higher record. Like dumb, I know, like dumb brain. But. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's just, unless, unless they go the baseball route where it's like, which I think that would be pretty cool actually, where they go back to East and West and they say whoever wins that conference gets um, home court in the, in the finals. I think that would be awesome. That would be a nice little wrinkle to it. But once again that's a whole nother thing where dave could create another game where we can damage things that'd be awesome uh so stay tuned for that you know that, that's our creative guy in that regard but yeah i just think like we forget phoenix was the number two seed like they were so they should have beat la once again la they were injured before the playoffs and even started so to speak you know what i'm saying well they have the, that LeBron, that big lebron injury factors into what i'm saying though you know like that, that lengthy that lengthy injury yeah for sure and then even but then i, I was also the next round did they not face the mvp of the league I know Murray was out, but they faced Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic was the MVP, and they just beat Portland, right? So it's just like there were still players there, and I know Kawhi ended up getting hurt after after a few games, but it's just like to me, they, yeah, they outlasted everybody. But I mean, to me, it's just like yeah, they got there. So I I, I don't I don't want to keep talking in circles. I just felt like they earned an opportunity. They got there, and I mean, I'm not gonna knock them for being healthier than everybody else again. There, I totally I totally appreciate it. I appreciate what you're saying because what you're saying is, you know, the the old adage, which I say all the time. You can only, I only really usually say when it's my teams, but you can only play what's put in front of you, right? You can only play what's put in front of you, and also it's not as if, and I think this is one of your other points. It's not as if they didn't overcome adversity. It's not as if they didn't beat people that that needed fucking beaten. You know what I mean? Like they didn't they didn't beat anybody that was like too fucking soft to not be a playoff team. I don't know if I necessarily agree, but let me see, let me see if Bobby has an alternate point or if he agrees with you. Bobby, what do you think? Is it did injuries get these teams to the playoff to the Suns to the playoffs or was it their sheer grit determination? So I I feel like they would have beaten Denver even if Murray was healthy. Cuz you don't think Jokic is a real MVP either, do you? Cuz I really fucking don't. But anyway, go on. <laughs> Oh, wow. Really? Okay. I didn't know that. So now, but okay. I'll just say one thing. I'll just say one thing. I only don't think that he's the the real MVP is because I don't think we all have completely agreed on what an MVP is. I don't think we've agreed. Is it the best player for a team? Is it the best player on a team or is it the best player in the league? And I think that like that to me is what I, I think it should just be the best player in the league. If it were up to me, the MVP, the most valuable player would be the most valuable player to the basketball, not to the team that they're on. Too political. That's okay. LeBron, 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 LeBron would get it. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. So, and I want to go the non-fun route. I want LeBron to have won most of the MVPs of the last 10 years because he fucking was. He just was. Like, it just, you know, I mean, it's it's fair. I agree. I agree. You you can't show me a league where LeBron's not the most important player to his team. KD deserved the You know what I mean? Like, uh, KD too. I think it was a Steph Curry year. Or two, I think that there was a, even this year. I was looking at Steph this year for for MVP. I thought he was fucking playing out of his mind, and I think you should factor in. You should factor in context. You should factor in what they mean to the league overall. You should put mm-hmm. like a Walter Payton Man of the Year factor in there. Like, what do they do for their fucking communities? Everything, everything. Put everything in there. J- Jalen Brown, baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Though it's like most important player 
Yes, obviously we have to talk. We have to. We're talking out of the top five guys in the league, talent wise. You can make that short list really easily, but then factor everything else in. Did they get their team to the playoffs? Like, what, what was their fucking record? Like, did, ask all the questions. Otherwise, it, to me, it's a phony award. Anyway, sorry for the small aside, but Bobby, please go ahead and tell me who, what got them here. Listen, I'm always down for a basketball tangent. So, so I, okay, I, I feel like this narrative of like the the injuries could would have been a bigger story if Giannis didn't do what he did. Giannis going off like he did in these NBA finals saved the NBA from that like injuries guided this playoffs injuries to this because listen what it comes down to it is the best player right the best player was on the biggest stage and had the best game that we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years and and that is going to be what's going to drive this NBA playoffs into like getting away from that injury standpoint because like I've told you from the beginning when you keep saying this is like I completely get where that's coming from because when you look back at the season if you tell me at the beginning of the year the two teams that were going to be in the goddamn nba finals were the milwaukee bucks and (laughs) the phoenix suns you've been like you're fucking crazy yeah so so yes did the injuries lead to where we are 100 percent. they would not have been there without the injuries they also wouldn't have been there if kevin durant didn't have one if kevin durant was a size 11 instead of 12 the Nets are in the finals. So, and, and Bud's not the head coach of the Bucks anymore. Yeah. So, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things that you could say. But Giannis saved that narrative by putting one of the most historic performances ever that we're going to remember for the next 50 years. So, yes and no. I know so it's I like think, I shitty think, to be that middle guy, but. No, no, I actually, I think, you know what? I was, I was prepared to go on this whole. Fuck, God damn it. I mean, leave it to you to do the, like the weird kind of like I smoke a lot of pot, like third party like perspective <laughs> on it. But like I also did just smoke pot like while we were recording the show. And it made, it, I'm thinking like that now, too. I think I was so ready to be like, whatever, dude, it doesn't count like fucking asterisk two years in a row. You've heard what I've been chirping on about on the fucking discord. You know, the Brooklyn Nets were the most talented team in the East. Like they just were on paper, the inch of Kevin Durant's foot. Like uh, they were better in that series. In my opinion, they were the better team in that series. And it kind of came down to one like really dumb, tired Kevin Durant play. But now that you say that, when you say it's like, you're saying the ends justified the means and it as much as, yeah, there was injuries and that's disappointing. If I was to make the point that overall the product was lessened, because of all the injuries and we didn't get to see the best players, which I did make that point repeatedly where I was like, I just want to see the best players in the finals. Your rebuttal to that would be, well, we got a really fucking good finals and like a really cool game six, like all time game six performance. So like if did the product get lowered or the team you want to win, not win. And I feel like, yeah, that's probably the case. And I that did strangely just change my mind a little bit, but right. But I think what it is too, and this is the, neither, none of us on this show, including our wonderful executive producers in this category, we are not casual fans, right? The casual fan was lost in this series, but those that love basketball, that like the, that are pure basketball fans, we were going to watch this shit regardless. You know, you know what I'm saying? So that, so if you're speaking that the casual fan was lost, I, there's no argument there. Like the ratings and other stuff on Twitter and social media, like that speaks for the markets, the markets, the the, the markets, you know, Phoenix is not a large market. Neither is Milwaukee. So I get it. Cause like I said, Milwaukee's more worried about the Brewers at times and they're more worried about the Packers, especially what's going on 
you know, with the Aaron Rodgers saga. So it's like, I, I get it. But at the same time, like I say Giannis is one of the biggest stars, if not going to become the biggest star. And, you know, Booker is coming. You know, I'm glad that he mentioned that he wasn't, that he wasn't Kobe because those comparisons were crazy. Our guy in Boston is closer to him than he is. But like I said, we're not going to get into that right now. I just had to throw that in there. <clears throat> so, you know, for my homeboy, Kim, that's listening. Sorry, that, that one's for that one's for We're you, definitely going to get to that. Uh, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I forgot I saw that in there right now. But yeah, so that's the thing. So, yeah, man, like I, I, like I said, I, to me, the casual fan was lost, as I put that in air quotes. But like I said, the, the basketball purists that, you know, all of us are, I said, we enjoyed it. Well, I speak for me. I, I enjoyed it as a basketball purist. I enjoyed the series and I, I was happy to see that Giannis shine through instead of seeing games being like 79 to like, you know, 74. That that would have pissed me off, but we, we weren't going to see that. Not in today's NBA anyways. Breaking. You heard it here first. Ray Sean Buchanan of the Missing the Point podcast says, fuck casual fans. We don't need that. <laughs> Go Put, that <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. Every day and twice on yeah. Sundays, he says. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree to a certain extent. I, I think I, you know, obviously I'm going to watch the NBA Finals every year, like regardless of who's in it and be a little sad that it's not the Celtics. And also, but also at the same time this year, I was a little, I wish I didn't do this now that talking to you guys about it in like a retrospective, but I had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about about the Bucks net series. Cause I was just like, I, like I saw KD kind of elevate and Giannis diminish in that series. So it was hard for me to compute what was happening in real time as Giannis was like putting on this MVP performance. Cause it always had this, like, why didn't you fucking guard KD in those first like five games though? You know, like thing in my head for that, for that whole thing. And I was so ex- like overblown excited in that Eastern conference finals and everything that went down. I was a little bit like, fuck like now we gotta watch these two shitty small market teams but you're right like in the cinderella narrative of the whole thing i think i should have been a little less bitter about it and i'll take that advice under consideration moving forward in my sports watching career all right that's enough about the bucks and the Suns and sad chris paul he's still got millions of dollars doing fucking state farm commercials he can't feel too bad about him bobby has one caveat before we move on yeah no one one person that like so to go off here who else stood out there's one person that's going to come out of this as a completely different player than everyone views him right now. And that's Chris Middleton. I knew you were going to say Chris Middleton. I still think he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but the narrative around him is now different. First of all, he hit that clutch shot in that last couple of minutes. That, that was a difficult shot and he drained it. Plus now he's, he was the, the Robin on an NBA championship team, no matter what forever. That That's, that's what he is. You know what I mean? That's what he was. Totally. Do you agree though, that 12 years ago, uh, at this way, yeah, 12 years ago at this point, you could be making the exact same word for word, including the he hit that clutch shot sentence point about Derek Fisher. But we're still sitting here right now. And nobody gives a fuck about Derek Fisher. Right. So I'm just saying he was never the Robin, though. You know, yeah, he was, like he was the second best. He was the second most important. He wasn't the Robin. No, no, he was just yeah, a loser. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I guess so. I guess so. But I mean, but like, you, you remember Fisher because Fisher, Fisher was, was there for all the runs. Fisher, Fisher hit so many big shots, dude. He hit so many big shots for them. Like, I'm just saying. Regard fine, not Robin Batgirl. I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying, no one cares. <laughs> he was on the team. He was in the Avengers. I know, yeah, definitely Pow for sure. And then like Shaq before that, like yeah, I get it. And you know, the, Kobe was good at recognizing what he needed in his game, which was like a good big man to play with to play off of. But I don't know. I don't know. Chris Milton, I'm still not fucking convinced. But sure, I'm with you, DK. It, it, it ages you. Like I'm, I, you know, <laughs> it's nice. I get it. I, it. Yeah, it was cool. You know, he stepped up when he needed to, but there yeah. was still so many moments where I didn't like that he like. 
he would go for 40 and the next game be like six for 19. Like that, that can't right. like once again, right. that was, that was one of us, one of our, one yeah. of our Celtics. We're, we're killing him on the show the next day. Yes. And exactly. Craig, Craig is bleeping out everything we saying. Cause yes. it's like, yo, you got Marcus go Smart. We're going fucking crazy. Craig doesn't bleep out shit. We say if Craig bleeped this out. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Thank God it's a podcast. If I bleeped out what you guys said, it'd be half the show. Yeah, that's what I mean. We yeah. <laughs> right. No, <clears throat> excuse me. No, that's true, though. But listen, if, if Chris Middleton became the player that he is against the Celtics, he'd be a top 10 guy. Yeah. Because he kills Boston. He, yeah. he absolutely kills Boston. A lot of people kill Boston. Like, me, me, remember that three he hit a couple years ago in the first, uh, it was in the first round from like almost fucking half court. I was yeah. like, Jesus, like, what is going on? Maybe so, that's why I hate him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's, it all comes it's, back it's, to it's the deep, deep, Yeah, go back to that series, right? Was that the, wait, 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 before, that was the Terry Rozier where Rozier drained it in Bledsoe's face, right? And then Middleton hits it. Made him, made him, made him dance. Rozier? Who even is yeah. that? Who even is right. that? Yeah. Who, who is that guy? Fuck yeah. Bledsoe. It's like, you, you, know, you know, you know who he is now. And I, oh, that's speaking of him. I know he had to be sick watching this finals. I know. Cause I'm like, you know, to be on the play on both teams, you know, he was close to Milwaukee a couple of years ago. The last time Phoenix was decent. He was in Phoenix when that team was, it's all like damn. That's what I love wild. about what I love about Bledsoe is that I made a very loud point to anyone that would listen when he was the best bench point guard in the NBA. He was like a really good six man on Phoenix, and like it was like he's got it, whoever he gets traded to, like he's the next thing. And I was like, guys, I'm telling you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work like that in basketball. Like the best six man, the best like bench guy, is that for a reason? Especially a guy with Chris or with uh, Eric Bledsoe's like, you know talent level and like Jamal the things Crawford, that he can do same thing. yeah exactly it's like no no no. like the best thing, if i was his manager i'd be like eric the best thing for you is to just like stay exactly where the fuck you are and be like a mm-hmm. high-paid six man because like your career might take a shit if not and, and it happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it happened um, right mm-hmm. but but yeah so finally moving on from the bucks and the suns we're going to talk about the boston celtics because we've been kind of alluding to that and we all love talking about the boston celtics coming into this next season we made some good moves that i think we've all sort of talked about a good move for next season like not this upcoming season but the season after that as far as like salary cap and stuff but we do have to we're all gonna sit around and watch like almost every single celtics game so let's talk about what this current currently constituted celtics team looks like and more specifically i'd like to discuss something i saw ray talk about on twitter today that i responded to and that is jason tatum and the level of criticism that he's enduring even in this offseason which i'm relieved about because last offseason i was criticizing him a lot and now I at least am smart enough to know to not fucking talk shit about Jason Tatum anymore. <laughs> but at least I admitted I was wrong. Can't believe there's because I'll go down. I swear to God, Ray has these Twitter conversations sometimes and he's like a good quote tweeter. And I'll go down the rabbit hole of these fucking tweets. And he's like deep into NBA Twitter, but he's in like black NBA Twitter. Like I'm not allowed in there. So like I go I go start lo- I go start looking at these uh, I go start looking at these comments. And I'm like, I'm like, what? This guy's commented Tatum. And like, I, I, you know, I think the original guy today, whatever his name was, was like, just trying to be controversial, which like, I I can relate. I can relate. Oh my God. But but like, Uh, it's great. Oh man. Wow. But it's like, but I just, they don't let me in. I keep trying, but uh, you're fine. You can, you can I don't have the lingo. I don't have the lingo. I don't know. I don't know. Um, just kidding. So the, but the funny thing about it is, is like, I can't believe after that post all-star break performance, and I said this to you on Twitter, right? After that post all-star break performance and that playoff performance, when he, we were dead, like we had nobody. And he went off on the Brooklyn Nets, who I maintain are a great fucking basketball team. Injuries or no. When Kevin Durant's on your team, you're unbelievable. Kevin Durant even had to say some shit about Jason Tatum. Like he, I remember him being reluctant 
to say that Jason Tatum was good because everybody was comparing him to KD and KD was like, I don't know, man, I'm pretty, I'm like six eleven, You know what I mean? Like he was kind of like never ready to say it. Finally, he's like, nah, that dude's going to be really fucking good. Like that guy's going to win a championship. Like it's the case, right? So leave Jason Tatum alone, Bobby. Why won't people stop talking shit about Jason Tatum? Like I learned my lesson and I'm a fucking big mouth. Bobby, tell me like, where, where's this logic coming from? And, and who is the guy? Cause you were the one, you know, you were the one Tatum's the truth. So tell me about it. Bro, you're preaching to the choir. I don't know. It, it, it's been like this for a long time. And, and I feel like it's because, first of all, it, a lot of it does come from that Boston narrative. It really it's does. It's the like, Boston sports fans he, thing, he, isn't it? He hasn't done it yet. Why yeah. hasn't he won us a championship yet? Like, if he's really the truth, then he would have brought us there already. And, and it's just like, dude, I, I can't stand it because people that, like, us and after you saw in that second half of the season this year when you know basketball you know a killer when you see one you know what i mean they just have a different a different way they approach the game they have a different way that they go at people and when they take over a game you can feel it you know what i mean like when i was at that spurs game even in that first half like me and my buddy were legit like tatum tonight's on you bro like you could feel it in the atmosphere that he was about to take this game over and there's not many people that have Let me ask that you a question ability. on that. Let me you ask you a question so. on, that, on that front, though. I agree with you that he is like that guy. And I think <laughs> Ray agrees, too, based on like his vigorous nodding while you said that. But you podcast listeners can't see that. But uh, <laughs> I promise you he wasn't. <laughs> a- 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 amen. <laughs> um, and you can always tell when he disagrees with you. He, he doesn't have to say anything. You know you're about to get disagreed with. But that's probably true of all of us, actually. But uh, It's like what I was just talking about. It's a feeling. You just yeah, feel it. But like, <laughs> yes, that killer instinct thing, like, I was reluctant to see it be, for me because there was a lot of inconsistency. And inconsistency in your star player kills you. Inconsistency in your star player fucking kills you. Like, you need a guy that can turn that shit on at will. Or you will not win a championship. That's just it. Be honest figured that shit out late this year but he did it he turned it on he did it at will do you think and my question to you is do you think that it's jason tatum's demeanor and his generally soft-spoken attitude towards interviews his like all this stuff that causes us to think that he isn't kobe bryant level murderous or is that soft-spoken thing Kind of insane because after he went off on Brooklyn, I saw his post uh, game interview and he was just like, Hey, how you doing everybody? I'm like, this guy's a fucking psycho. Holy shit. He just had the game of his life in the playoffs against like uh, the most incredibly constituted super team ever. And he was just like, ah, I'm just going to go home and like, see my kid, maybe murder someone. I don't know. Hey, where's my boy over here? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think it is? Why is it? Do you think that people are so reluctant to believe that Jason Tim's like that? So, you know what I feel like? So you just kind of led me brought my brain to my point. So that was great. Good job. So, like, you know what? I, I feel like it's because of that softness before you saw that killer mentality at the end of the season. I wouldn't have blamed you for having that point of view. And I didn't blame you for having it when you did. It, it's just, if you can actually watch this guy play basketball in the last few months and say, you know, I feel like the Celtics would be better off without him. I don't think this guy's a legitimate. You couldn't say that. that You're out of your sense. fucking mind. You're literally out of your mind. So I, I haven't seen race conversations on black Twitter. they're great (laughs) they're great unless you're Rachel Nichols (laughs) (laughs) then they're not so fucking great (laughs) but if if, if, if people are actually coming at you Ray about Jason Tatum then they don't belong anywhere near NBA Twitter because I I know you are and and you've been on my side since day one but like this dude is a specimen and when you have guys like KD, 
when you have guys like Allen Iverson, when you have the greats of the NBA going off about how special someone is, that's when you know you have something because greatness recognizes greatness. And that's how it always is. When someone is great and they look at someone and they're like, that guy's the fucking truth. You better fucking listen to him. Yeah, I mean, but that's what happens when you listen to certain, you know, media and radio hosts that, you know, just want guys to be super fiery. And we all know what we're talking about, but we want certain guys to come on the show, so I won't name names. But it's just like, yo, I once again, Celtics fans, we are the most negative fan base in the NBA. It's unreal. It's unreal. It's fine, cause not us though, right? Like I feel like we don't bring a lot of Celtics. Oh, I'm totally here. negative, but like, <laughs> no, but like, but but you, but you, yeah, you totally do the, negative. you do the, like the Patriots, like Red Sox negativity, where you, I think you approach the Celtics in a similar way, where you go like, yeah, I mean, like I, this sucks, this needs to be better, like whatever. But there is a certain mentality on like Boston Celtics Twitter, where I find myself, I think I'm one of the more contrarian people about how good our, our team is on this podcast. And I find myself reading some of their tweets and I'm like, guys, leave them alone. Jesus fucking Christ. It's ridiculous. But just, you know, just to harp on the Taylor point a little further, we his rookie year to 2017, 2018, his killer instinct shouldn't have been questioned after that. We saw him as a rookie go into Milwaukee. I mean, they didn't win that game four, but that game four when they were down and him and Jalen was taking, oh, your turn, my turn. And then he he did his one, two step back dribble and, and just nutted in Yana's mouth. Sorry, I couldn't think of anything better to say about that. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's exactly what happened. Like, he, we saw those moments. He he yams on LeBron and, he, you know, he got, like, what are you talking about? Like, just, just be, once again, there, you, there's at least 27 teams in the NBA that that would kill to have Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown on the team. Like I said, well, I know we're just speaking about Tatum, but I'm like, we saw moments. The only season that felt like that was a wash to his career so far was the year that Kyrie and him left, right? So the 2018-2019 year, he was kind of lost in limbo that year. I felt like all year he had a good first round against Indiana, but he kind of it, it just it was just it just wasn't there. But we saw it as a rookie. We even saw it last year after the All-Star break in 2020, once, once he became a first-time All-Star, the game against the Clippers, the game against Denver of the 36 in Portland. Like, what are we talking about? Like this dude is straight he's straight cash when he's on like that there's no you know shots of randy moss he's straight cash homie when he's on like there, there's no debate with that so i i don't understand but like i said twitter black twitter asian twitter white twitter hispanic twitter is just you know something Twitter is just weird like all twitter all twitter of all twitter green green <laughs> all twitter, <laughs> of all twitter green twitter is the fucking weirdest one <laughs> exactly yeah. all all yeah yeah all the all the twitter like selfish twitter is the worst version of that twitter yeah. like it's just it's, it's a joke it's it's ridiculous. they're gonna so. come for us if they listen to the show yeah <laughs> yeah we, we said this last show wait we said this last show can we just put this Ray Sean is black, everyone. All right. We're just yeah. like, <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, like, you know, I'm like, you know, no, 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 no. I, I promise if you go onto the page, Craig, Craig does a great job of showing who's 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 who on the show. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> I got a white t-shirt on, but I am black. I promise. You know, but oh you my know, god. I know it's 2021 and we're not supposed to say things like that, but I think they can tell from your voice. So <laughs> moving on. <laughs> and obviously, and obviously. Oh my god. They can tell that I am a small and very sexy Asian lady. So moving on, riddle me this, Mr. Kelly, riddle me this. Is the Tatum conundrum down to the fact that all of us secretly or subconsciously or both think that he's the reason that the team quit on Brad? Mm, it's a great question. It's a really good question. So, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think too. I'm like, shit. 
I think I was blaming him for it. I think I was blaming him for it, honestly. But all right, so I think this goes back to like the type of demeanor he has. If he is, then then that means he's doing it quietly behind closed doors, and that means we're in trouble. So if that's the case, I, I don't not, like that not. at all. Or not. You don't want him to do. You don't want him to do weird ass LeBron fucking tweets, right? Where he's like cryptic LeBron. I hate J.R. Smith, but I don't want to admit it. Tweets, right? And you don't want him coming out and saying shit in the media like Kyrie was. Hey, doing. Man, I'd have been mad too, dog. I scored, <laughs> I scored, I scored fifty-one points, and you sit there, you don't know what time. I'd have been hot too. I'm sorry. I'd have been hot. I'm sorry. I don't blame him. <laughs> but you also don't want you don't want him to be you don't want him to be Kyrie Irving, you know, just saying weird ass shit to the media every two weeks every time he loses a game. But I was blaming him. I think. I feel like it's okay though, because if that's the case, the way that they handle it and the way it all went down, if that is what happened, that means it got handled correctly. That means he went to the proper channels he needed to talk to the right people. And was like, listen, this is how I feel like we can win a championship. I feel like we can keep everything going the way it is. I like Brad's mind. I like the way he does things. However, I feel like we need a fresh face. I feel like we need someone in here who can really light a fire under our ass. So, could it have been handled at the end of the season? Maybe. Or handled better at the end of the season? Maybe. But how it all went down and how everything happened, how we got our new head coach, how it's now like a player's coach, someone who's really going to drive these guys. If that is what happened, I kind of like them even better then. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to turn it and be like, listen, I, at the end of the day, it's like... Did he improve the team then by doing that? Right. Did he improve the exactly. team by doing that? Because then I, it's I a good We have a better right? chance moving forward yeah. to win a championship constituted with the coach we have with Adoka, with Tatum and Brown being like the leaders of the team. I feel like we're in a better spot than we were. So breaking. You heard it here first on the MTP podcast. Bob Kelly says Jason Tatum is a snitching ass bitch and he went to the principal about Brad Stevens. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. No, but I mean but you know no I'm I'm glad that Bobby went first for that. But no, I just think that you know this is there's another guy I want to bring up in, in the silent killer thing, right? So you know, we never had an issue with Tim Duncan being super quiet, right? No, but he's European. Yeah, he's in the version. I was okay. Yeah, cool. Or whatever. Not European, but like not. Yeah. Yeah, but no, European, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, he's 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 not from here. He I got was you. Looked but, at differently, and his game was like fundamental. He had a different rep. He had a different narrative. You know. Right, but I'm saying, but I'm, no. The reason why I'm going to best player on the team. You know, you had yeah, your guy David Robinson. He comes in there. It's just like you know, from day one, it's just like you know, I just want to come in, do my job, and. You know, listen to what Coach Pop says. And, you know, that's the thing, right? Your best player has to be coachable, right? So yeah. now, Tatum, it's on you, dog. Like, you you have asked, you and, you and Jalen Brown have asked for a coach that looks like you. You now have that, right? So now it's on you to say, okay, we're going to run through a wall for that, for this coach, right? Better now. You, this is your last chance before it is your fault. Yeah. Yeah, a, 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 exactly, right? So yeah. that that's the thing. So now, and like I said, like Bobby said, if he had went through the proper channels and spoke to a Wick and spoke to uh, Mike Zarin and Austin Ainge and – you know, Danny's saying like, yo, we, we need a new change. And that that's that's perfect. And I do think Brad is already showing in that GM role that he's not going to have that horseshoes mentality. I feel like that's already happening. And the way he overachieved as a coach the first few years is I feel like he's going to overachieve as a GM in the first couple of years of him being a GM if he stays that long. Right. I know anyone that we've had on the shoulders that think he's going to be in the GM role for that long. That's, uh, you know, I, I that's because that Mike job. started a rumor that he was fired and now everybody thinks it. I don't know. I didn't know we had this reach. 
Like, <laughs> like I, I didn't know we affect, but I swear to God, the first person to say that was Mike. And now everybody thinks that. But that's all that shit was like. But I mean, I, I know like Jose Provome that we had on the show uh, that put that in the show notes. But like, you know, I know he 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 talked about how Tatum may not be here. Not Tatum, uh, that Brad Stevens may not be in that role for long. Jeff Goodman, who we've not had on the show, if you want to come on, brother, come on, come on to the show. But Jeff Goodman talked about it as well on his on his podcast with Bob Ryan. So, yeah, like that to me. Is that like I said, he's he's done what he has to do, but yeah, but they, they better figure it out. Better figure it out. But yeah, I do think because they answer your original question about why do people get on him, yeah, it's because the quiet laid back demeanor, and because this is such a raw, raw in your face type of city, type of sports town, especially from 2004 to now, especially, you know, the fan bases all were just spoiled. So it's so now it's like, okay, you have to be a David Ortiz type, you have to be a Brad Marshall type. You know, you have to be a Dustin Pedroia type. So that that's the type of athletes we gravitate to. That's why we love Isaiah Thomas as well, right? Not the one that played in Detroit, but the one that came here. Like, yeah, they, that that team was feisty. There is he no was NBA fan. There is no NBA fan that doesn't enjoy, hasn't enjoyed Boston or not videos of Kobe Bryant being a dick in practice. No one hasn't enjoyed that. I loved every second of it. Right, exactly. So that that's exactly what we're looking for. But I'm, I have to once again, we've been doing breaking news, right? Breaking news. You're not getting that Celtics fans. You're not getting that from yeah. Tatum. That's not. That's not. Guy. That's not. That's not his it's demeanor. Kevin Garnett, right? Because like that, he was the ultimate fucking psychopath, like loud in your face, get that shit out of here, kind of guy. Everyone can't be that, and people are mad that it's really Marcus Smart on his team that's like that. But because he has a one, like, granted, he's our Draymond Green, but because we haven't won, people are fed up with Marcus Smart, including us. That that's okay, what well, it really is. If we if we won, they they wouldn't they would we wouldn't complain about what Marcus. Well, if, he, does. if we won, a lot of those shots might have gone in though. You know what I mean? <laughs> that too, <laughs> right? But I'm saying like I just feel like he is our Draymond Green. Draymond Green totally. has called he's called totally. Golden State games, but we don't talk about it because they're three time champions. That that's all it is. That's all it is. It goes back to what you said with San Antonio you're, or with Duncan. You're like, why wasn't Duncan talked about like this? Because Duncan won his championship after year two. Let me tell you, if Jason Tatum, or is it year three? Was it two? I think it was two. I mean, it was the guy named David Robinson there too. Just yeah, so so I'm just saying, though, if Tatum comes in, so so let's say a different alternate universe, Tatum comes in at the end of the Paul Pierce era, right? And all of a sudden Tatum comes in, wins the championship as a rookie, then he takes over the team. It's a whole different conversation that we're having because this dude already has a shit. So it's that mentality that like, listen, can this quiet guy bring us a championship? Is this the right guy to lead us? Because it hasn't worked yet. So Boston fans automatically go to like, it's not ever going to work. It'll never work. Doomsday scenario. Blow it up. Let's go. And just to bring the conversation full circle, now that we're about to hit a nice clean hour, if the question is, does your best player need to be, as Ray said, like the rah-rah guy, the in-your-face guy, the loud guy, to win a championship? Well, Giannis isn't that guy. Like, Giannis just went out there and, like, with his big smiley face and scored a shitload of points. But they have one. But they have one in Bobby He's a competitor. I'm not saying he's not a competitor, Ray. I'm not going to put... Bobby Porter's in Bobby yeah. Porter. He was a fucking, he's a fucking <laughs> yeah. psycho. Ask, 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 ask Nicola Meritage how, how he is, how he is as a leader. <laughs> ask Nicola Meritage about Bobby Porter's. <laughs> but he knocked his ass out. <laughs> God. Um, you know, no, Yash is definitely a competitor. But yeah, he is. He's more, no, definitely. He's, he's more like, you know, hey, come on, guys. Let's, yeah. let's, let's come on. Let's play together as a team. Yeah. And That's what I mean, though. Very, you know, very Disney-like approach. But when he, <laughs> when he, when he, when he dunks on you, that that anger comes out right and we've only yeah. seen that anger come out of tatum but we've seen tatum do that yeah we've seen tatum do that 
You know, I mean, it's, it's cool to show your emotion, right? Jalen Brown is more of that guy. He's more comfortable going off. Well, we were that. saying he was quiet, you know? He's, he, he, he's, 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 he's quiet, but he's, he's definitely more outspoken than Tatum. That's not yeah. debatable at this moment. But I wonder, though, I wonder now that, like, I think it's finally just this past season really been decided. Like, I think there was always kind of a whose team is it? And I always do harken back to your point of, like, Ray, which is, like, we don't have to pick. Like, we have both guys. And, like, that did, you know, that did strike through strike true with me when you said it because I was doing that thing of, like, fuck like who's the best guy you know like who's the best guy and it's like it doesn't matter we have both of them i agree with you when you say that but i wonder now that it's like now we all fucking know whose team this is two questions is to you ray is jalen brown gonna be okay with that coming into next season what's what do you think his attitude is with regards to stuff like that does that mean jason tatum becomes uh more outspoken now that it's sort of been decided and he's earned that with his play i I think jalen brown would be fine with it because he's committed to winning right He's not committed to, you know, who's getting 40 and getting 50. Like, I remember there was a couple of times where Tatum had a few chances to get milestone nights, like, during the season. And Jalen Brown would give him the final assist to get 50 or the final assist to get 40. So they they very much work hand-in-hand. We got to remember, they came in back-to-back years as the number three pick. So they're essentially growing up together as a unit. So I, I think that they want to see each other succeed. And I think Jalen Brown is the perfect complement to Tatum in that regard um, to see him grow and say, like, look, Hey man, you you're you're the guy, and you know like the best comparison I gave with those two. It's easy for Tatum to score sixty. Jalen Brown got to fight to get forty or fifty. That's the biggest difference between the two. It's not that they are not great players, so they both are. But if, if if one thing becomes naturally easy to you, that is what make that's what ascends you above the rest of the team. And that's all it is. Like I said, once again, from a character standpoint, like Jalen, there's nobody better than Jalen Brown. He's a leader. He's class personified, so we can't say that. Now I went on that. So what was the second question again? So I want to make sure. Now that he's now that he is kind of like the de facto decided upon leader of this team, will he now potentially become more outspoken, be like take a leadership role? And with a new coaching, and, and it, it is lovely that we have a fresh blood in the coaching in the locker room with the coach, and kind of fresh blood even in the front office with Brad in a different role. And I think we all were kind of just saying like that we fucking need that shakeup. That needs to happen. Does does this coach come in and say, all right, Jason, you need to fucking, you know, you need to be outspoken. You need to be this guy. And is he comfortable with that? And has he wanted that? You know? Yeah, I think him, I think he's maybe not saying that he has to be more outspoken. I think because Ima Yudoka saw how Pop handled Tim Duncan, I think he's saying, like, look, it starts with you. Tim, everyone else in San Antonio are further online um, because Tim Duncan became coachable. Well, not became, but he was coachable from day one, right? So if Tatum shows he's coachable, if Brown shows he's coachable, Marcus Smart, so on and so forth, like if the guys that are on the hierarchy are showing that, okay, I'm coachable and I'm going to I'm gonna run to the wall for the coach, then that trickles down to Romeo, it trickles down to Grant, it trickles down to Carson Edwards, it trickles down to everybody else on the team because like, well, well shoot. If he's, if they're like, well, shit, if he's going off at Tatum and Tatum is taking it and, you know, responding better. Well, you know, I'm not that guy on the team. I got to fall in line too. So that's what has to happen. So I think hopefully those are, those are the type of conversations that are happening in Tokyo when they get there saying like, Hey, you know, it starts now in July, it starts now in the Olympics. You're the guy, you know, I want you to work on, like, I love the video I saw with them, right? He was working on him in the post. Please, please, oh my God. please, oh. bring, please bring that. Oh. Like, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was basketball. Porn. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, oh please, please. God. I'm like, even if it's just no three or four times a game. There's no reason. Right, exactly. Even if it's just three or four times a game, please just get down there. Like, and it's like, once it's, again, you're 6'9". You're whatever not going to stop down the, there. Whatever about the amount of times he does it in a game. When LeBron learned a, pro, a post game after Derek Nowitzki fucking took it to him in that final series, when he learned a post game, he can turn around to whoever's guarding him and punish him at will. 
he can, he has the kind of body where he goes like, all right, like it, it's just in my repertoire now. It's like, oh shit. Like, yeah, you, I, I drove on you and you kind of got me that time. Like, why don't we go down low and see who the fucking man is here? And like, I think that to have that to you in your game, if you're above six foot seven at this point in the league and you have any kind of mass, you need to have a, some semblance of a post. Yeah. And I say, and Tatum, Tatum's, Tatum's in, he's in the weight room. He, he, he's got yeah, stronger no, he's every be, year. I feel like he's going to be nine feet tall by the end of his career. He gets bigger. Bobby, different question. Different question for you to round out this subject and then subsequently the uh, the episode. And thank you guys for being here. So, so lovely to, to see you again. But different question for you, Bobby. We are at a decided crossroads in the Celtics current build in the Jason uh, Tatum and Jalen Brown build and Marcus Smart to a lesser extent, I guess. The What is to you the best case scenario over the next five years? of how this team looks, who's on it, and what we win, and what is the worst-case scenario over the next two years? Because I think that's when the worst-case scenario is going to be evident. What are those things? And like, and use your imagination. Explain to me what those two very stark situations look like because I think both are equally possible at this point. Okay, so best-case scenario, short-term, is next year Jason Tatum averages 30 points again. And, and I think that's a very legitimate possibility that we see happen next year where he elevates to that level where he's on the Harden, KD, LeBron level of scoring. And I think that that's something that, like, seeing the end of the season, seeing the way his game has developed, where he started attacking the rim, and if he actually adds in that post game, I feel like that's indisputable, that that's a very good possibility. Beyond that, I really like... The guys I want to bring in here, we, we need a big man. So, like, Cat, to me, is the guy that I think you bring in Cat to this team. And, and I think it has it, – it it turns this team into a, as good as some of the best teams in the NBA. They're as good as the Bucks are. They're just as good as the Nets are. Having Jalen, and Carlin – I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, we, we need some assets. I think we're going to see the Purchasants this next up- upcoming year. So <laughs> – uh, hopefully he <laughs> really shoehorned uh, that one in there. <laughs> you, you like that one? You like that one? So I, I feel I feel I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see that, and I feel like his asset level is gonna go up a lot. But be- best case scenario is obviously NBA championship within the next. I, I give him a window of because we just started a new regime. Three years. Three years is the timetable to me. If, if you don't have a championship within three years, right now, I, I feel like we're gonna run into a situation where one of them's gone. And, and and it's just the market we're in. It's where we live. It's who the city is. We're not going to be able to stand another three disappointing seasons in a row, especially with the changes that were made. Oh, we'll burn the fucking garden down. <laughs> Celtic Scooter will be fucking out there with torches. Worst case scenario is we trade Jalen Brown for some package of draft picks or some package of something that just is going to piss us off. And all of a sudden Jason Tatum leaves in free agency. We're left with fucking nothing. And, and everyone, yeah, that, that's worst case scenario. hundred percent is if both of them are gone in five years and we're left sitting here, like what the fuck just happened? That, that to me. And I mean, obviously we want them to be here for their whole careers, but you know, I think, you know, DK, we, we talked about this on Twitter earlier. Pierce didn't win to year 10. And once again, I know it was before the advent of social media. I get that, but you still had the Dan Shaughnessy's, 
the Bob Ryans, you know, you still had other people, you know, the Steve Bullpets, you know, like, so, you know, you still had guys that was talking about this team pretty heavily and given going off of them in the newspaper, going off of them on around the horn, like they were still going, going off about this team when they didn't win. Right. So they had one run when they made the conference finals, then they, they lost in the first round the next year to New Jersey, lost in the first round to Indiana the following year. Then you lose 18 straight. Then, oh, thank God they had to, they get the number five pick. They trade that to Seattle and get Ray Allen. Then they get Kevin Garnett. So it's like, you need the right pieces to win the championship. And I said, DK has has belabored this point um, on a few episodes, but it's like, how long do we wait? But it's like, yo, if we waited 10 years to get Pierce that championship, What's another three or four? Now I get it. And this era where you have to win immediately and just like you went either win now or you suck type thing, which is a fucking joke. Once again, a lot of you franchises that either either you listen to the show or you're a fan of another team, half of your half of your team has never even touched the NBA finals or touched their conference finals. So sit down, be humble, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay. Like calm, calm down. So I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm conflicted because I'm like, I'm I want them to win obviously in the next two or three years, but I understand that it took Paris to get 10 and it took two or three other guys or two, yeah, two or three other guys that were hungry, really four or five. Cause they brought in some other veterans too, that were ready to win at that time. So that's what has to happen as the best case scenario, in my opinion. Yeah. And bro. So to preach off that point, you just preach the point I've been saying since day one with, with everyone that we've had this conversation with on this show is like winning a fucking winning a championship it's hard, guys. It, it's not an easy thing to do. And when I you want the, one. I I I, I want it, I know. one. I want one too. I, but like, <laughs> when you care. look at the great, the great NBA players who never won a championship, you know, Charles Barkley. We have John Stockton, Carmelo, yeah, and they Malone, get beat with James that Harden. Stick every single time they say anything, dude. Yeah, I, I I know, but I'm just saying, like, it's just the reality of like the way. It's the market we're in, and it stresses me out even just bringing it up because it's like the way that we see a championship in Boston is just not a reality. You know what I mean? It's just not It's not an actual reality of how hard it is to actually win a goddamn championship. I will make the this Bucks, the, to, to, for the For the Bucks to win a championship, Kevin Durant had to wear a shoe that was one size too big. You know what I mean? Like the, the smallest thing the that has to happen. Right. It's just, it's crazy how hard it is to win a championship. So, like, worst case scenario, yes, is us three years from now not having a championship and then blowing it up. But, like, I really just hope Jason Tatum really loves this city, is really what it comes down to. And I hope he's here for a long time with or without that championship. But I just don't see that happening in today's NBA. If we don't have a championship within three to five years, yeah, he's gone. Well, one hundred percent. If if there's no championship by the time the that contract is. runs yeah. out, he's out of here. So, yeah. Yeah. so just one more point before DK closes this out. We I know we keep talking about Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill. The I guy, the, I, I I I love him too. But the guy that I think would actually want to come here and I think would actually dominate next to Tatum and Brown is Donovan Mitchell. I I would get I I would give whatever they want it for Donovan Mitchell or he wants to sign here. Like that, that dude is, <laughs> that dude is special. Like to me, that's the guy I would put in that. Cause him and him and uh, Jalen Brown are super tight. I think him and Tatum are cool too. Like that to me, that's the, that three right there, you know, cha- championship, anything's possible ball game, all that shit. Like I'd be saying it all on the t-shirt. Like we'd be doing a podcast in the TD garden, Craig getting mobile. Cause we're going to the garden, baby. Like we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> you know, had to bring that back yeah. for a moment, but 
yeah, that's the guy. But Donovan Mitchell to me would be the perfect guy here next to those two. And you're you're looking at a couple of rings, if not more, with that trio. Easily, Regard, regardless of specifics, I just hope they do what I've been asking them to do since you know years before we even started. And get a get a big man. <laughs> well, it's not even get a big man. It's it's just it's just that when you have two swingmen, and this is like basketball fucking one on one. When you have two swingmen like we have, two wing players, I should say, like we have that that play the way that they play, you, you don't want a ball handling guard. I, I know it worked with Isaiah Thomas originally because they were fucking rookies and, and sophomores, respectively. And you could kind of do that and then just like kind of make them spot up shooters and like not put too much pressure on their minutes. But like the way that they, their games have developed, like you can put fucking anybody at the one. Like you guys are making the point about Marcus Smart running the one. Like, fuck it. Doesn't matter. That's just a guy to bring the ball up the court. Like we have two unbelievably uh, talented wing players whose handles are getting better. If Tatum's handles go up in the way that I think that they're going to go up in this off season, like I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with because I think his handles are actually better than people say. I just think he's <laughs> freakishly fucking long. So sometimes it's like the, it takes a little bit to start getting a dribble going. But anyway, regardless, I agree. Donovan Mitchell, great. Bring him in. Bradley Beal, great. Bring him in. I We need a third piece, but that's a conversation for another day. We have gone a little bit over and I can see, you know, nice little beads of sweat trickling down Craig's lovely, adorable face. Uh, so I will close it out with this one question and like no elaboration. I'm going to go to Ray first, then Bobby. I want to know what is on October 19th, I think is tip off day. I don't know if we play that day, but October 19th is tip off day in the regular season. What is our starting five? for you to really see what we're made of as far as a fully healthy in, in this scenario basketball team. Ray, you can go first. I'm going to go Smart, Brown, Tatum. I'm trying to think I don't know who the four is going to be. I, I don't know who the four is going to be, but I, I got Robert Williams as Horford? I, as I fuck. Oh yeah, but yeah, maybe whoever. Well, I want him off the bench. Oh no, I'm sorry. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm think I'm. I have them resigning a Fournier. So, 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 so smart. Yeah. So smart. Brown, Tatum, Fournier, and then and then Rob Williams, and then Horf- Horford be your six man. All right. That's that doesn't feel really a ton of confidence in our season. <laughs> I'm just go ahead, Bobby. All right, Marcus is the point guard, Fournier. I'm, I'm going to completely agree with that, except I'm going to sub in. I'm going to put Horford at the four starting because I think Horford, just the way that he comes in and, and, and plays defense and controls the four as a big man, I think that's something we could really use, having someone at the top of the key like Horford with the passing ability he has, playing off Tatum, playing off Brown, and, and Pritchard's our six man. I'm, I'm all in for the Pritchard sons this year. All right, it's happening. That'd be great. I mean, he's a good shooter. Yeah. I'm going to say that crazy thing's going to happen. Brad Stevens is going to fuck up so bad as GM. He's going to get fired, but we're going to start to speculate that he might have naked pictures of Wick's wife or something. <laughs> so they're going to move into another position, and that position is going to be the two on the starting five. And Brad Stevens is actually going to turn out to be a lights out shooter. Um, you heard it here first. Breaking wait, wait. news from missing the point. <laughs> Oh my God! Can I give you no credit way. something for for something real quick, GK? Because sure. we haven't brought it up, <laughs> and, and it was you said it in the first game of the goddamn season. Okay, you bought all this stock, all this stock on fucking Jeff Teague. I did, and you know what? You know what happened? Jeff Teague gets a fucking NBA championship ring. All right, I, I mean, <laughs> he played two minutes. He played. Two minutes I mean, and was listen. minus five in game six. Listen. Two minutes, and minus five, and this guy gets a drink. Like, two more points than the four of us combined. And he, <laughs> Jesus. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, you're not wrong. I bought low and I sold high on Jeff T. It's, you got to wait it out. Don't sell when it dips. Just wait it it's out. It's like GameStop, bro. Don't you know, wait like, it out. Just wait his, it his out, His GameStop a long time ago. Hoddle. 
huddle till, till the end. That'll do it. That was a fucking great show from the basketball crew. I really enjoyed talking NBA with you guys. I really enjoyed talking Celtics with you guys. Insightful as always. You guys are fucking geniuses. For me, DK Sizzle, for our wonderful executive producer, Craig D'Alessandro, for Rayshon Buchanan and Robert Kelly. Good night. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.